0: Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, Lead Pastor of Mosaic Church. Today, we're
1: going to talk about what it means to be in relationship um, the first couple of weeks of this, 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 this series, we've dealt with what it means to fast, how do you fast, what to expect when you fast, why we fast. Then se- it was the week, second week, we talked about prayer. And as we are on this 21 days of prayer and fasting, if you're just fasting and not praying, then you're dieting. Fasting has a greater purpose than just uh, uh, denying yourself. There has to be prayer con- uh, connected to it. And so uh, and, 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 and so we talked about that on the second week, about what's important about prayer and why we have to pray. And then last week we talked about, well, you need to have some instructions. You need to know what you need to be doing. You need to know where you need to go. You need to know what God expects from you. And the only way you find that out is through reading the word and applying the word. And so that's what we talked about last week. Today we move forward because there's another element, another spiritual habit that we all as Christians must encompass in order to to, to be successful against the attacks of the enemy. Fasting is one, prayer is another, knowing the word. But this one is, is essential because you can fast, you can pray, you can know the word, but the strength comes in numbers when you are in fellowship when you are in partnership, when you are in relationship and connection with other believers. And so our focus today is going to be on what it means to be in fellowship. Uh, You've heard before it said, forsake not fellowship of other believers. If you have your Bible, meet me over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to be reading verse 23 through 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. And it says this Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Notice in this passage, the writer constantly points to us. Let us not. Let us hold firm. Let us think of ways. Let us Uh, uh, motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our me us let us not it's all about the writer here is not saying man let let me not forget this let me let me encourage myself to love others he's saying let us because this Christian walk was never meant To be done alone. As a matter of fact, I can just say, not even the Christian walk, but life itself was never designed for it to be done alone. We can go back to the very, very first book of the Bible to the very beginning of creation where God created the heavens and the earth and he created the sun, the moon and the stars. And then he created uh, planets and he created animals. And then he said, wait a minute, it's all good. All of this stuff that I've just created is good. But then he, he he took from the dirt and he created man in his own image. And when he created man in his own image, it was good for a minute. But then he saw that something wasn't right. And for the very first time we read in the Bible where God says something that he actually, actually did is not good. For the very first time in the book of Genesis, everything God did, he created the sun, the moon, the stars, all these other creations. And he said, oh, it's good. And he rested. Oh, it's good. And it's rested. Oh, it's good. And he rested. And the next day he created something else. When he created man, he looked and he says, it is not good. And that's not to say that God made a mistake, but God realized that it's not good for man to be alone. That's the first time he said it's not good. And at that very moment, he was setting up how he planned for life to be in tandem with another human being, in tandem with somebody else. Think about it, because at that time, when it when it, when God said it's not good, it wasn't like Adam was by himself. He wasn't. He had animals. <laughs> he had plenty of animals he could play with. He had work to do by naming them. But God says, no, I'm going to put you to sleep, and I'm going to make a helper equal to you. He put him to sleep, and from the rib, the rib which covers and protects the heart of man, the rib cage, he pulled a woman. Now you have two that can be in relationship together. And then he didn't stop there. He gave them charge. Now go, be fruitful, and multiply. Then he gave the man work to do cultivate the land God has always meant for humanity to be in relationship and dare I say this there's no such thing as a growing Christian outside of the fellowship of other believers that's where you get your strength that's where you get your support when you fall you need a leaning post When you fall, you need somebody to help you up, not give you a handout. When you have issues, you need to know that there are some people that believe in the same God that you believe in, that may have greater faith. Do you realize that the story in the Bible of a man who was crippled for a long time, laid on his mat, just couldn't walk? One of my favorite stories in the Bible, and you see it in Mark where it happened. The man was on the mat. Jesus was coming to town. His friends, his friends took him before Jesus. The room was packed. They couldn't get into the place. So they went and did something radical. Can you imagine this happening in today's world? They climbed up on the roof, tore the roof apart to lower their friend in front of Jesus. And the Bible says this. It doesn't say that Jesus looked at the man and says, you're healed. You know what Jesus said? Because of their faith, you're healed. Because this man is in relationship with others. And this is what I'm talking about relationship. Sometimes it's not your faith. That you get the greatest breakthrough. It's the faith of people in your life. It's the faith of people that pray with you. It's the faith of people that war with you. It's the faith of people that that are accountable to you. It's the faith of people that are in relationship with you. Sometimes it's the faith of others where you get your greatest blessing. This man was healed not by his own faith. It was the faith of his friends Who brought him to this place where there was no room and his friends didn't stop. They didn't say, oh man, we're going to have to bring you back another day because you know what? We can't even get in here. We're going to just have to, you know what? We're going to just take you back and maybe we'll catch Jesus in the next town. They said, no, you've been in this condition too long. And we've heard that this man can perform miracles. This may literally cost us our life. Can you imagine? You in your house and some strangers start tearing your roof apart. You're like, yo, who going to pay for this? Somebody, it's going to be some furniture moving. You start messing with my house like that. These guys didn't care about their own lives in essence. They cared more about the bad condition of their friend. And the only way that their friend could be healed was if, if they got him in the front of Jesus. And it was because of their faith that they were healed. And this is what I'm talking about when it comes to relationship. Imagine if this man was by himself. Imagine if this man was not in relationship with people who believed in him. Imagine if he just was a, a loner. What would happen? This is why God has created relation he's created relationships the way he has so that we can be in constant fellowship. Now, let's talk about this word fellowship. The the, the, the word fellowship in Greek is a word called koinonia. The word fellowship in Greek is a word called koinonia. Now, koinonia simply means this. It means to be in association. It means to be in community. It means to be in communion. It means to be in joint participation. And here's a word that's a little different for you. It means to be in social intercourse. It's interesting that I say that because when we think of the word intercourse, we think of just uh, two people coming together sexually in nature. But when we're speaking social intercourse, you've got to think of it in a sense of that's where you become one. When, when, when two people engage in sexual intercourse, they become one body. When you engage in social intercourse, you become one body. Man, I'm preaching good this morning. And this is what koinonia is. It's social intercourse. Intercourse. This is what fellowship is, being one body, being in common unity, being of the same heart, the same mind, the same soul, being one. Koinonia, this word is mentioned 20 times in over 18 verses in the New Testament. And the first time the word koinonia is used in the New Testament is when we talk about the establishment of the church in Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. Koinonia was not used to describe the relationship Jesus had with his disciples. That word wasn't used then. Even though they were in relationship, even though they were in some sort of fellowship, koinonia, the word... First time used in the New Testament is when you find the birth of the church in Antioch, found in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. The first time we see koinonia, and we see this where they come together. They had all things in common, the Bible tells us. They were all on one accord. They met every day at the temple for prayer. They got together at each other's homes for, for supper, including the Lord's Supper. They, they they prayed together. They had everything in common, and that's the first time we see this word Koinonia, because they were indeed in what you call social intercourse. One body, one heart, one mind, one vision, one soul. And as we're praying this last week, this is our final week of this 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm telling you, what greater opportunity to be into koinonia with other people who are doing the same thing. This is why we do a corporate prayer every year. This is why we do a corporate prayer and fast every year, so that we can exercise the principle of koinonia, being in common unity, being together in social intercourse. All of us together corporately praying, all of us together corporately fasting and and coming together uh, uh, with one common goal, and that is that, that, that heaven and earth intersect on our behalf. All of us united in one common belief. This is why we pray for 21 days together and fast for 21 days together so that we can exercise and live out this principle of koinonia. To be in community, to be in joint participation, to be in communion, to be engaged in social intercourse where we become one. There's no such thing as a growing Christian outside of a relationship of other believers. There is no such thing as a growing Christian outside of a relationship with other believers. There's an illustration I want to, there's a video I have. Um, I think it's cute there. It's, uh, I want to play this for you because when I, I have this show that I love to watch. It's called uh, The Spartan Race Challenge. It comes on TV on NBC, I believe. If you've never seen it, you've got to see it. It's where a team of people, they have to go through this obstacle course. But it, it, you cannot do it alone. The only way, you, you, you have to have a team. And in the end, the goal is that as they go through this obstacle course, in the end, as they, as they go through every single step, they take a shield. And you can't carry the shield by yourself. Every single person on the team has to hold on to the shield to take it to its final point. I want you guys to do several things as we play this video. I want you to see what's going on. But I want you to hear what the commentator is saying. Because this is what I see as koinonia for the church today. Cue the video.
0: love that video
1: there's so much going on you hear did you hear the commentary did you hear what the the, the man was saying did you see how it they did whatever it took to get there the, the whole team across. I mean, they literally had to climb on each other and, and help each other cross. And the whole time, the one person that's injured is on the sideline encouraging them. And that's how life happens sometimes for the Christian, right? We need each other to, to, to kind of create a bit of a ladder to get somebody over the hill, to get somebody over the wall of destruction, the wall of, 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 of anxiety, the wall of depression, the wall of stress that some of us face as Christians. We need somebody to bunch of somebodies to lay on the wall and create a ladder to get our brother and sister across to the next level. And that's what the Christian walk is, is to be in relationship with brothers and sisters that will literally lay it out on the line to make sure you are successful. But if you're in this life alone, if you're in this thing alone, who can you count on? And I know some say, "Oh, long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else." I never agreed with that song because that's still not what, the way God uh, made life. If that was the case, then He would have just left Adam with a bunch of animals, because all Adam had was animals and God. If that was the case, then if if if, that, if the songwriter was right about "long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else," then then he would not have had. He wouldn't have told Adam and Eve to go and be fruitful and multiply. He wouldn't have asked them to make more of themselves. Long as I got King Jesus, don't need nobody else to do wrong. You need to be in tandem. You need to be living life in tandem with other believers. You need to. This is the way he created it. He wouldn't, he would have stopped with Adam. Do you understand? He would have stopped there. He wouldn't have given them a charge to be fruitful and multiply. We have to be in relationship with others. And let me tell you, relationship may start on a Sunday morning, but the relationship is not nurtured just on Sundays. Relationship is nurtured the rest of the week. Relationship now... It's so interesting because we talk about social intercourse, but because of the, the gift, because it is a gift, because of the gift of technology, uh, we don't have to hang out no more. You know, because of the gift of technology, because technology is a gift. It is, it is a powerful tool that we could use, that we do use to reach the masses. Our prayer that we're doing, the 21 days of prayer, we're online doing this, Facebook Live, and it reaches over a thousand people every, every day we do it. I don't know if all a thousand people are opening and looking at us pray. I don't know, but it reaches that many. So it's a gift. But do you realize it's also a curse? Sometimes things that that, that God gives us as gifts, if we if we abuse it, it becomes a curse. And social media can become a curse. Because we go on there, and they're like, oh, I know you're doing okay. I, I, saw, I saw your Facebook post. I saw your Instagram post. But when was the last time you and I broke bread? When was the last time we got in each other's face and just says, how you doing, sis? How you doing, bruh? When was the last time we hugged? When was the last time I heard your voice? I see your pictures, but it's your voice that I need to hear. It's good to see you, but how many of you know that a lot of times the stuff we see on social media is the highlight reel? what you see on social media is the highlight reel it's like okay I'm not gonna let you see my mess but look what I'm doing I'm not gonna let you see that I'm struggling here but look how happy my marriage is oh look at my kids they're so beautiful but I'm not gonna tell you that I'm pulling my hair out just trying to raise them (laughs) oh man look at my new job but I'm not gonna tell you that I'm on probation now because I showed up late. Oh, oh, look at my new car, but I'm not going to tell you I'm struggling to pay the note. It's the highlight reel. It's not the reality all the time. But if I got in your face for a moment, I could sense something is going on. If we were meeting together over coffee or or lunch, I could sense. Y'all ain't got to look at social media. I can see, you know what? Something ain't right with you. You okay? No, it's just me and you. What's going on? If I'm in a relationship with you. I can become a a, a step in that ladder to get you across that wall of anxiety that you may be going through. If I'm in your face, I can become a a step in that ladder to get you across that wall of depression. I could become a step in that ladder to get you over that, that wall of fear. I could be a step in that ladder to get you over that wall of whatever you're facing because we're in relationship, real relationship, where I'm in your face. You're in my face. I'm actually picking up the phone and not texting you. Hello. When was the last time we did that? Social media technology could be a blessing, but it could also be a curse if we misuse it. But we need to be intentional about getting in our face. And you know what's crazy or what's good is that Mosaic Church, we're intentional about this. We create opportunities where you can be in relationship with other believers outside of just meeting on Sundays. As a matter of fact, in just a week from now, we'll be launching our small group this, this semester of small groups. Now, there's not a whole bunch of them. But guess what? There may be one that you may want to start. We have a workout small group. You know, we have a women's small group. We have a, book, a, 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 a book, book club small group. Thank you. And then, of course, we'll have our men's breakfast once a month. That's a small group. Then those of us who meet together on Wednesdays for Bible study, yeah, that's considered a small group too. And the reason we're doing this is so we can be in constant relationship. And then our worship team. That rehearses together. Well, they're a small group. They're in relationship with each other. We cannot fight the good fight that God has called us to fight on our own. Surely we will be defeated. Apart from God, outside of relationship, outside of connection, surely we would be defeated. But with God, all things are possible. And in relationship with others, God sees relationships. And if you've been with me long enough, you've heard me say this a gazillion times. But God sees relationship two ways. He sees the relationship between you and him. But he doesn't stop there. He also sees relationship between you and his people. And God says it this way. If you're, not, if you're in relationship with me and not relationship with my people, then you're not really in relationship with me. You can't just love me and not love my bride. I say that a lot. I've gotten pushback on that. But what if, what if your bride is mean? Yeah, the church can be mean. But that don't mean you stop going. It's, unless everybody in, the, you know, if everybody in the church is mean, that's not the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ has the same heart that Christ has. Okay? But we can't just love God and not love his church. We can't love God and not love his bride. It just doesn't work that way. They go together. There's a package deal. I'll tell you, you may grow apart on your own. You may grow in your knowledge. You can grow in your knowledge, God. You can grow uh, in your faith even, on your own. You could do that. You you will not grow, though, in your relationship with Christ on your own. You will not. Hi. Huh? You will not. You will not. So, Let's talk about what fellowship creates. Fellowship creates a space for, if you're taking notes, number one, for encouragement. Fellowship creates a space for encouragement. Hebrews 10, 25 says that, right? And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But what? Encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I don't know about you. But if I turn on the news and see the stuff that's happening, man, I'm like, yeah, y'all better get right with Jesus. He on his way back and he's coming back for a pure bride. When I hear threats of war, when I hear people confused about their gender, when I, when I see a, a poverty and homelessness still existing, when I see them shutting down shelters and now getting ready to build high rises in the, where the place where the shelter was, oh, man. It's rough. When I see the identity of marriage hijacked by culture, the end of the time is near. When I see so much going on, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's scary. It's, it's, it, 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 it makes me think time is near. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says this. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I love this song, Hezekiah Walker. I prayed for you. You prayed for me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. It is his will. That every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. Mosaic Church, I need you to survive. We need each other to survive. If we fall, who's there to help us up? If we're weak, who's there to give us strength? I know he's like, God, God, God does all of that. But God does that in tandem in relationship with other believers. It's not just you. Romans 1, 12 says this. When we get together, this is what Paul said to the church in Rome. He said, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. But then he doesn't stop there. He says, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Mosaic Church, as the shepherd of this house, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. But guess what? I want to be encouraged by yours. I want to look and see how good you're operating. I want to look and see how strong you're withstanding, withholding. I want to see how God is showing up uh, in your life because you're faithful. And then at the same time, let me get some of that faith in my own moments. My title is pastor, but guess what? My DNA says I'm human. My title is pastor, but my DNA says I'm human, so I go through what you go through. And sometimes I need to see God working through you because of your faith so that my faith may be increased. And this is what Paul is saying. And sometimes you need that, but you will never see that if you're not in relationship with other believers. Amen. Number two, fellowship creates a space for protection. Fellowship creates a space for protection. Ecclesiastes 4, 11 through 2 says, Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. I love this part too, uh, uh, where it says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, Stay alert. Watch out for your enemy the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And do you know who the someone is? It's always that person that is isolated. It's always that person that's not with anybody. It's always that person that's trying to figure stuff out on their own. It's always that person that's got all of this head stuff going on. I was watching. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a National Geographic geek. I just love that stuff. It just, it's really entertaining. I watch it, and and so I was watching it the other day, and I saw where uh, uh, there was a story about these lions, okay, and, and and it was the whole thing was about safari being out in the safari, and there were these lions, a pack of lions, and then there was they were there were uh, zebras, and there were some uh, some some ox or some other animals that were out there, water buffalo, that's what they were, and so I'm watching this thing, and I want to see well who are they gonna who's the cameraman gonna focus on. And all of a sudden, they focus on these lions that are hunting for something to eat. And they're talking. They focus on these zebra. Okay? So I'm looking. I'm like, okay, the, the, I know how this goes. The lion go out, goes after the weakest link. In this case, guess what happened? A zebra, not paying attention, the herd moved on. The zebra, not paying attention, was left behind. And guess what? Once that zebra realized he was by itself... Started running, it was too late. The lion jumped from about here to the back of the room. I mean, just airborne. Oh, got it. Flipped him over and all of a sudden they all got him and they all ate. And I, and I used that, yeah, they tore that, they tore that thing up. And just like, it was quick, pop, 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 it was done. And, and, then, and then this is the part I love and I want to share this with you. The commentator said, the number one rule of the safari, never leave the group. And this is what I'm telling you, Mosaic Church. Never leave the group. The enemy is like a roaring lion. That's almost contradictory statement. Because if a lion is hunting, they're not roaring. They don't want to let you know they're looking. (laughs) They don't want to let you know they're coming. Right? If we were to hear a roaring lion right now, we would all be running as fast as we can. Right? Some of us might push other people in front of the, the, you know, Yeah, I'm going to push you in front of the lion. I'm going to get away. A a lion is not roaring. But the writer was careful when they said, the devil is like a roaring lion. In other words, you know he's coming, but because you're not in a relationship, you miss it. You know he's coming. He's making all the noise, the same noise he's been making, but because you're not in a relationship, you miss it. And guess what? He's pounced on you, pounced on you, and you're attacked. You've got to be in relationship one with another. The third thing is we're in relationship together for growth. We grow together. We get stronger together. They met every day at the temple for prayer. They met at each other's homes for meals, including the Lord's Supper. And each day, God added to their numbers— Catch this. He did. He, we, we focus on the number of people that were added to it. But what you're missing is the number of believers that were added to it. They grew in their relationship with Christ. Each day they met at the temple for prayer and at each other's homes for meals, including the Lord's suppers. And each day God added to their numbers the number of people who were believers. And this is what I'm saying. If we're in relationship, we are growing to the next level in our relationship. Whatever our journey is, whether we're growing to accept salvation or rededication, whether we're growing to be baptized, whether we're growing in our knowledge or understanding of the word, or whether we're growing in our relationship with Christ, when we're in relationship, we are growing apart from God and apart from relationship with his people. We will cease to grow. How can we challenge what we know? unless we're just having those conversations with ourselves. How can we ask if we're not in relationship with others? Here's my third and final point, and we're done right here. Fellowship creates a space for support. Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says this, I also tell you this, if two or three agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Support. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my father in heaven will do it for you. He didn't say if you just agree on your own, it'll be done. He didn't say if you just do this by yourself, I'm among you. He says we're two. Of you come together in agreement on anything you ask. My father in heaven will do it. In other words, I need you to be praying for me as I'm praying for me. And then let me pray for you. Let us touch and agree together that what we're praying for, what we're warring for, what we're crying out to God for, will happen together we're praying the same prayer. Because the Bible says that when two people come together in agreement on anything my father in heaven will do it we need each other for support we need each other to hold each other up guess what we need each other for support when we are winning we need each other for support when we're losing when we're facing battles we need somebody to call upon and say you know what i need you to pray with me But when we graduate, we need somebody to say, hey, I need you out there in that audience cheering me on. Because had it not been for the grace of God and your prayers, I wouldn't be walking this stage today at our weddings. Had it not been for your prayers with me, I wouldn't have the spouse that I'm getting ready to spend the rest of my life with. When we get our jobs, I need you to celebrate. When we get apartments, when we get houses, we need people to support us in all parts of our lives. Because God created us to be in relationship with each other. How do I know that? Well, I told you about Adam, but then there's the greatest commandment ever, ever in all of the Bible. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. Second to that, love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor if you're not in some type of relationship. The greatest commandment, all of the others are built on these commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. Second to that is to love your neighbor as yourself relationship koinonia and we're called to do that it's a spiritual habit that every single Christian needs to endeavor to fulfill in their lifetime on this side of heaven amen 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 let us pray and we'll be dismissed today hallelujah glory
0: to God